0: Welcome to Shorts with Jill and Tara, a bite-sized podcast that blends business and fashion to bring you practical tips and strategies in a shorter format than a typical podcast. I'm Jill, and I've spent my career advising, starting, and running businesses.
1: I'm Tara, a family therapist turned fashion stylist and a digital creator. So Tara, (laughs) how are you? Well, I'm laughing because you look so glamorous, and I literally look like I did all weekend in the snow. So I just, it's been a morning, you know? I haven't no had time. To shower
0: yet. You look very good, but you know, I have to say, I was before we got on ZenCaster here. I was on Zoom, and I was like, "Oh, I actually look really nice today." And then I realized it was like heavily touching up my appearance. And then I got on ZenCaster, and I'm looking at myself. I'm like, "Whoa, those are bags. Those are big bags under your eyes." No. But I want to, I want to ask you something because I have to say, it's this has not happened for a little while, but recently there's been a resurgence in my inbox, my email inbox of all caps, shouty stuff. And it's like, it's not just like, I forgot to take the caps lock off. So like the entire email is in caps, it's like certain words are all caps. And by the way, it also comes from this particular individual who does all Almost nothing. Nothing. So there's a lot of shouting, a lot of all caps, but zero follow through.
1: What do you make of that? I think that would drive me crazy a little bit. You know? It's like, I get the point. I don't know. Yeah.
0: It's like a lot it's either shouting or just like really enthusiastic about something and like if you're so enthusiastic about something then when I respond to you you should respond back but then there's no there's no response there's it's like just shouting I'm like can we stop with the shouty caps
1: so it's basically just trying to make a point and then you respond but then it's crickets exactly Oh, I'm going to start trying that with my kids in an email. <laughs> no, it's
0: like, it's like, well, we should do this, and we should do that, and we should do this, and we should do that. And so I respond. I'm like, great, I'll do this. Can you do that? Nothing.
1: Nothing. Oh. No. That's interesting. So not- you know
0: what? Yeah. Tone down the all show to caps, please.
1: Yeah. Oh, because I've never done that, <laughs> nor have I received that. But it's an interesting way to handle a situation.
0: Yeah. So... Talking about situations, I feel like a lot of people, when the new year hits, start to reevaluate their jobs, their careers, and maybe just like have a moment and kind of take stock of where they are. And so I wanted to ask you if you have ever been in a position, you I think you've mostly been self-employed, but have you ever been in a position where you've wanted to quit your job?
1: Yeah, I have had to quit jobs before. Um I always find sometimes it's a relief and you just cannot wait to get out. The worst is when you have to stay because you have to give notice. Like I want to ask you before I get into that, how much notice is the right notice to give? Two weeks, a month? I think that typically when I've left something, it's been two weeks, but as I've had to leave a, a therapist. When I was a therapist and I worked in a center, that's a little different because you have to kind of, you know, transfer your client. So the process can take a little bit longer. Um, But typically, I think it's like a two week grace period now.
0: So I think the minimum would be two weeks. If you're in a professional level position, like two weeks would be the minimum. It depends on how much responsibility you have. If you have a lot of responsibility and, and you want to be like a good corporate citizen, like up to three months, I would say is a good you know, I'm out of notice because you you ideally want to help find your replacement or find someone within the organization to replace you and you want to just make sure everything is nicely transitioned over and the right communications are done and everything like that. But um but I think, you know, it just depends on the circumstance and how much responsibility you have. I think minimum would probably be
1: 2 weeks notice. And sometimes employers don't really want you to stick around once you've given notice. Well, When you say three months and you've already made that decision in your mind, oh my God, that seems like forever. Like that is tough to muster through.
0: It does, although it depends on why you're leaving. I've been in that position before and it actually was completely fine because I wasn't feeling really bad about the job. Like it wasn't, I wasn't actually leaving because the job itself was terrible or there was anything really about the job or the company. It was more that I had decided that I wanted to shift what I was focused on in my life. And so it made it a little bit easier. And I actually was really happy to put in that time because I felt better about leaving and you know, having a proper tra- transition and making sure that nothing fell through the cracks. So it actually gave me comfort to have that much time. Um, but yeah, I think if you, if you're in like a, a sort of a negative position, if there's something that's you're leaving because you really dislike what you're doing or, or your team or whatever, then that, that could be torture for sure.
1: I have been asked to leave before two weeks and I'll tell you why. So when I was a therapist, I was (laughs) a new therapist here and I worked for a school and I won't say what school, but I had to report a teacher. And the principal was furious at me because I reported the teacher. Because you have to understand that, you know, these are, when you report somebody, you obviously affect the whole system. And it's alarming. People get really upset. But, like, that's my job. So, yeah. So, the next day I came to the school after I reported. And the principal was outside waiting for me and told me to never come back.
0: (gasps) Well then, yeah. wouldn't you just report the principal? If like, I feel like that would just go up the I, chain.
1: Yes, but this was a long time ago, and things didn't work like that. So then I drove to the <laughs> to the Cheesecake Factory because it was like the closest place, and I. Said, <laughs> it must have been like eleven a.m., and I had a glass of wine because I was like. What just happened? Like, here I am doing something that, you know, you're protecting people and you feel like you're doing the right thing. And I was like, oh, my God, I just got fired.
0: (laughs) See, my version of that would be I drove to the Cheesecake Factory, sat at the bar and pounded an entire cheesecake.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it was alarming. I think, you know, more than anything, I just couldn't believe it. that's crazy it was crazy it was crazy it was a different time in the area in which I worked was very rough and you know they just didn't want somebody coming in and shaking things up but that was my job
0: wow can you can can you tell me what you were reporting them for like broadly or is it too well
1: it was you know uh teacher was not he was being disrespectful to the girls and, um, I, I ran a group of a group with some high school girls and they, you know, we would talk about girl things and whatever. And they told me things that were inappropriate and not okay. And so I had to report it.
0: So changing topics a little bit, I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but this is at, like, I'm really curious about this. How do you know if you're a parent and you have a teenager you know, how do you know when you should and, and there's nothing alarming about their behavior like they're not suicide as far as you know, like there's nothing that's obviously alarming to you. But how do you kind of think about like when they should see a therapist when it's good for them and like just how do you think about that whole process in adolescence?
1: Well, I, first of all, I think a therapist is always a good idea, whether there's an alarming situation or not. Sometimes it's really good to just have another person to speak to than your parents. Um, And so, you know, when I was a therapist, I would see kids for all different reasons. Sometimes it was extreme. Sometimes it was because they weren't having trouble in school, but then it becomes something else. Or sometimes it was just friend stuff that they needed somebody else to talk to. But I think, you know, I think you know your child. So I think if you start to see things that are not typical, or they seem a little more extreme than they used to be, or you're nervous, and I think it's a good time to reach out. You know, I think therapy is so um, acceptable now, that I think kids are willing to go talk to somebody.
0: So and then how would you broach it with your child if you think that it would be, that they would benefit from seeing a therapist? How do you talk to them about it?
1: Well, I would say, you know, something like I, I would just be honest, like some of the behavior, whatever it is that you want to say, let's just say maybe it's an eating thing. Like maybe I've noticed that you are having a hard time you know knowing what to eat or to you know regulate or maybe you're not eating as much and it's making me nervous put it on yourself because it is coming from you and so you know that you think it might be a good idea if they talk to somebody whether if you're dealing with eating maybe you say nutritionist first or then maybe you say therapist if it's friend stuff like you know I can only help so much in the friend department because I'm not in the situation I'm standing beside you trying to help you but i feel like somebody could maybe help you more in that situation um and then if it's substance abuse then you know that's definitely uh, for me personally it affects me so strongly that i i i always say to my kids like make good decisions but if it were substance i would say to them i feel like that's getting out of hand and it's making me nervous and so Mm -hmm. i want you to maybe go talk to somebody
0: This might be a super personal question, and so you can feel free to tell me not, that you're not going to answer it. But do you ever worry – I know that you have a family history of substance abuse. Do you ever worry that you or your kids will end up with abusing substances somehow?
1: Yeah, so I don't worry about myself because I don't like alcohol that much. Like I sometimes can't even fathom my, my mother was an alcoholic, my father is. And so I can't even imagine drinking that much ever in my life. But I, I have open dialogue with my children that, you know, this is, this runs in our family, that I'm, I'm nervous. I, I actually beg them, <laughs> just don't, please don't become addicted or um, use substances. But you know, I'm not naive and I know that they're gonna try things. Um, but we just, because of my background, they have to be extra careful because there yeah. is that ability to become addicted. And to, but you know, I also think there's nurture versus nature, mm-hmm. and I, they don't grow up in a house with any of that going on. And it's not do whatever you want. And I don't cope dealing, you know, cope with things by using substances, nor does Kevin. And we're just really open about it. So I mm-hmm. don't worry that much. But of course, there's always that little bit of fear that if they were to get introduced. To something and they tried it, mm-hmm. that they might get addicted, but um, but you know it's a very open dialogue.
0: Yeah, that's good. I think that's so important. Is just to be there to talk, talk to them and hear and and be realistic as well. So
1: yeah, thank and you I for sure. You know, oh my gosh, anytime. I think that the the more open you are and the more real you are with them the more it hits home because if you just, you know, I mean, they live in the house. They see, they know that my mom passed from alcoholism. They know like all of these things. I'm not, dep- they don't know every nitty gritty. They don't need to know all of that, but they get the gist of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I have so many more questions by the way, about, Therapists, and whether it makes you a better parent and all this stuff. But we can do it on another another yeah, episode.
1: I actually think this is a great conversation to continue because you know we all are trying to be the best parents we can be in a time that's you know also difficult. And they are doing things differently than we. I did not eat marijuana when I was a kid. I did not. <laughs> I'm petrified of putting that in my body because knowing me, like the little bit would get me so crazy because things affect me more. So these are just different ways, you know, vaping, any of this stuff. We didn't do that, no. Right? Yeah.
0: There's a lot. There's a lot more available for them, and they. Ha- I think there's. They have to make better decisions on their own than we had to when we were their age because they're just a lot of the stuff that we could have gotten into was probably illegal and not that readily available or very very expensive (laughs) and they just have so much more access now so it's really and you know it's the same when you look at social media like at a certain point you can restrict screen time and you can take their phones away and everything else but they really have to have the toolbox to make good decisions on their own because you can't control everything they do it would be a full-time job and more
1: absolutely well let's continue this in another um podcast and if you guys have any questions or comments let us know thank you
0: we hope you enjoyed today's episode we would love to answer any of your questions on future episodes of shorts
1: bermuda shorts
0: jean shorts short shorts boy shorts tennis shorts cargo shorts beaded shorts running shorts board shorts